Hey, this is Ryan Prowse, writer-director of Low Life, and you're listening to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast, quite possibly the greatest podcast that's ever existed. As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will realize that there is something ahead, something that lurks behind the dark veil, a veil is beyond our own comprehension. Beyond the void. What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. All right, we're back for a brand new episode. We got some really awesome shit for you guys today. I think you're going to really enjoy this. We did an interview with Ryan Prowse, the director of Low Life, and uh, it's a new movie that just came out on digital. You've probably heard me repeatedly say over and over and again to watch it online, so... Uh, but we got an interview with him. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we're also going to be doing a review of the movie from us and what we thought of it each individually. Um, I'm going to, of course, have let Brittany go first on that because... Go me. Yeah, I've talked my ass off about it during the interview and everything, but I got a few things extra. So, But how have you been? Good. Things good? Did you have a good uh, week? I know we got to hang out a little bit this uh, past week. Yeah, we actually saw each other outside of the podcast. Right, it, the day fun. after we recorded the last week's episode. So, yeah. That's right. It was fun, though. I had a good time. It was fun. We went to our friend's wedding, for any of you guys that don't know what we were talking about. But yeah, yeah. we went to a wedding of our two friends, very close friends. Hurley and Fuchsia. Yeah, and it was amazing. We had a really good time. It was a beautiful ceremony. Oh, and man. I got fucking super hammered. Yeah, this is a very unconventional wedding, uh, which is awesome. Uh, I like unconventional weddings because, like, I don't know. It felt like we were just going to the club again, like yeah. we used to. But we got to see, like, our good friends celebrate, like, something really awesome. And once we got there, it was, like, a family reunion. Yeah, that's the crazy shit about it. I was like, I saw so many people I haven't seen in a like a couple years right or at least like one year so much has like, changed you know yeah it was insane i'm like what the fuck you know what it reminded me of like guys for those of you who don't know we used to go to this club called transylvania it's a goth industrial court sort of alternative club uh that we've talked about a couple of times in the past it's like a really decked out place but it was every friday night called transylvania and man we used to fucking party there and drink and dance and like there was a lot of memories there. Yeah. And that's why they wanted to get married in the same place, which they really don't even open up to our crowd anymore. It's really rare. And a lot of our friends like, you know, we're doing our own things, you know, like sometimes we'll meet up at a club occasionally, but it'll just be like a spottiness of some of the same crew that we all knew back in the day. But this time it was like we were going to the old school Transylvania again with our friends who are getting married. They're both fucking kick ass. So it was cool, man. It was awesome. 
I had a really good time. Well, also, uh, and I wanted to bring up some uh, small news. Plus, we wanted to give you guys the conclusion to the sociopath question that we left you hanging with. I forgot about that. Yeah, I'll re-explain that. Actually, we'll just do that now. We'll talk about the other thing. When you mentioned sociopath for your note, I was like, what are you getting into? Well, that's what I call you. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. It is true. I am one. No, so, okay, guys, for those of you that didn't catch last week's episode, we were talking about, I don't even know how we got to the point of talking about it. Do we ever? No. Probably not. Oh, we were talking about, that's right, we were talking about how the guy from Altered States oh, is, a is kind of, like, carries a lot of traits of a sociopath, and so this was the love story of a sociopath in a way, and so we started talking about it, and then we said, oh, well, there's one of the questions, and there's hundreds, guys, that they used to do to see, like, how you react and the question was jill has a sister named jane who's getting married jane is getting married to bob so jill goes to the wedding to see jane and bob jane her sister and bob her new husband getting married they she meets a guy at the wedding and she's like really into him and like everything's great uh she forgets to get his phone number so he kind of like she doesn't know how to get a hold of him so she kills her sister and you were like, why? Yeah. <laughs> well, why? <laughs> the technical, there's, it's, it's kind of like to test to see how you would logically put that together. Um, so majority of people would be like, oh, why the fuck would she kill her sister? Like, that's totally irrational because we feel like, you know, our family is something close to us. So we would never kill our family or whatever, you know, rational empathetic thought you would have in your mind someone that might be a sociopath would probably go oh well yeah so they could uh she could meet that guy at the funeral oh my god right that makes perfect sense (laughs) i know it's it makes sense i'd kill my sister too (laughs) (laughs) that's how she met mouse anyway guys i met mouse actually (laughs) funny story (laughs) but anyway guys i might have screwed up the story now that i think of it but you know i was doing it from memory but that's basically it doesn't mean you're a sociopath if you knew the answer guys it It just means yeah it just means that that's one of many questions that somebody asks someone could logically figure out why that is after some time or right away but most most people who have sociopathic tendencies which they don't even use the terminology like i said anymore um they would just answer it right away because that's like the easiest answer that's to them. the best answer right yeah so <laughs> totally makes sense. also i wanted to bring up one thing that i have been talking to a lot of people online in the horror community about is that we just heard from bruce campbell actually called it quits on playing the character ash now this isn't about me like being right. Like it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. Uh, it's more about like I knew this was coming. Yeah. Because the writing and everything and everybody that was involved in the production of Ash versus Evil Dead were all the people that would be involved in a future movie. Now that Ash has said I'm hanging it up, you know, I'm hanging up my chainsaw, my fucking shotgun, I'm done. Uh, a lot of people are like, yeah, right. Maybe he won't do it. Oh, uh, well, maybe we could get. One thing, one of the answers that really upsets me is someone's like, well, who are we going to get to play next? Like, like so jovial, jovial and fun. I'm like, really? You're just going to, that's the next step. That's what you're going to do. You're having the, we're having a funeral right now and you're talking about who you're going to get married to next. Next. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. fuck you, dude. That's a sociopath. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's a sociopathic that's question for. The definition. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying, though? Like, I'm mourning the death of one of my favorite characters in horror. Uh, Yeah, he's a fucking slimy fucking, you know, woman-hating fucking misogynistic guy. But that's the character. Right. He shouldn't be a hero. And he is. But he is. Yeah, like, that's the best part about it. Anyway, so one of my buddies said, well, he could just be saying that. He said that in the past before. I'm like, yeah, but I don't think executives who have the money to make movies or TV shows or anything like that will want to put him in the role. Yeah, It's too much of a risk in their eyes. Now, if Netflix says, hey, let's do it, you know, let's let's put a fourth season out, see how it does. And if it goes well, we'll do more. And if it doesn't, then, you know, they're done. I've seen worse shows on fucking Netflix. No offense to anybody. But I've definitely seen worse shows. You know what I mean? What shows are you talking about, I'm not going to point that out. (laughs) Everyone's... I'm going to shoot someone's baby in the face. Hell no. (laughs) It's fun, though. Good times. Good times. uh, But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I mean, do you think that he's coming back? Uh, I saw an article where they were comparing three different uh, female representations of Ash, and that how that's how they should do it moving forward. I agree with that. Okay. Honestly, well, mainly because in the Evil Dead remake, right, it was a girl, and she was great. Okay. And I feel like she should pick up where it left off and continue on because she was fantastic. I thought she was good. Yeah, I just don't think she was Ash. Well, no, it's a girl, so she's not gonna be Ash. Like, no one's ever gonna be Ash. Like, let's just let's let's. Let's like nix that right now. I know nobody's like, ever going to be Ash. Of course, no and one. that's why they went the female route because not only does which that, was smart. It is smart. I get it. I'm not against a female being in it. I just want. I just want Ash. You know I what know I mean? You're not because I'm within throwing distance of you, so you're <laughs> not going to be like. Definitely I'm not. I don't give a shit about that. Ow. <laughs> No, but no, I just... like I honestly, I feel like no one's ever gonna be Ash. So they they made the right decision by doing what they did for the remake and and making Ash a girl, right? Which was cool, and it was something that was they didn't want to step on anybody's toes, right? And it wasn't necessarily like predictable for them to do that. So right. and and but it worked. And I was so apprehensive about seeing that movie. I didn't want to see it. I was so pissed about it. And then I saw it, and I was like, this was incredible. I went and saw it. I never go to the movies, and I went three times to see it in theaters. Just. Just tell me something, Bray. I need to know this about you. What? Do you prefer it over the original? No. Okay. Who does? We can be friends. Who I just would? Wanted to make- <laughs> Who in their right mind would? <laughs> like, Jesus. No, there are people, though. Then those people should be taken well, out back and shot in the face. <laughs> like- I don't think a lot of people... Because it's funny to me because I always see people who will go... Who will shit on an original because they didn't grow up with it. Yeah, and, and then they'll that. see the remake first... And then that's where you get all the people who are old blood horror fans who get yeah. pissed about remakes. Right. Because those are the people that they like have nightmares about in their mind. You I know? feel and I could be wrong, but I feel like Mouse saw the remake before he saw the original. No, no way. I think I'm wrong. No I think way. I'm wrong. I think I'm wrong. He's I too to, well versed in horror to know. I don't, to it was that. one of them though. It was like some movie that he saw the original or no, wait, maybe I got it backwards. He had never seen the remake or something, and then I forced oh. him to see it. I don't remember. I'm, I forget I said any of that. <laughs> Anyways, but I don't know. I was really, I was super impressed with the remake for being as bitchy as I was What'd about it. What would you think it. of the TV show, though? Like, how would I you... liked Ash vs. Evil Dead. Yeah, I mean, uh, the season three, like, I'll be honest, guys, like, I don't think it's as good as season two yeah. was. I'm not up to season three yet, though. Yeah, I'm, season... I'm way behind on the TV. Really? Oh, yeah, you need to watch. Season two is perfect. Like, it is so good. Like, yeah. to me, season it really is. 
I liked uh, it a lot. It was better than the first season. Like the first season was all right. It, it like it was okay, and then it was kind of meh, and then it got better, and then season two was pretty solid. So I was happy with it. And three, I've heard really mixed reviews on. So right. it makes me sad. Yeah, it's it that sucks. He's gonna hang up his chainsaw and his boomstick. Yeah, his boomstick. <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, okay, you know, when you when you realize that it's over. They don't need to start let talking be, about Evil Dead anything for a while. No, let it go. If it's not, if this is done and nobody supported it, no offense to anybody, but this is why we can't be too particular. It's right. okay to be picky, well, but you can't be like over. You got to be thankful for what you get. Exactly. I mean, we got three seasons. That's pretty cool. Right. So take it and run with it. I mean, yeah. if, if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. It's sad because, I mean, I got I was married at Evil Dead the musical. So right. obviously I love Evil Dead so <laughs> and then everything about it. And I love Bruce Campbell and I'm still sad he didn't come to my wedding. But yeah, he was invited. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fucking amazing if he did. I would right? fucking jumped off the roof of the nearest like, <laughs> building probably. Like, that would have been so cool. <laughs> I'm like, you're here. I have to die now. That's kind of of dark, Brittany. (laughs) I have to go die. I just got married. (laughs) Woo! And I'm dead. (laughs) I don't take Mouse with me. Don't you fret. (laughs) He's going to. He's like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. (laughs) He'd somehow stay on the roof. (laughs) I know. As I'm falling, you piece of shit. It's like everything's in slow mo as you're like flailing. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, I think it's about that time, Brittany. Horse shots! All right, guys, so we're back to do our horror shots. Now, as some of you may or may not know, uh, if you're new here, we do a horror-themed shot based off one of the movies that we watched this week. And usually we do two movies, unless it's a brand-new movie, and then we kind of do a bigger piece. But since we're doing an interview with the director of Low Life that you will be hearing after this, and then our own you know, opinions after the interview... Um, we decided that we'd make a shot based on one of the characters in the movie Low Life. So if you guys are listening who made the movie Low Life, this one's going to be called El, El Monstro. Monstro. So what is in El Monstro? Murder. I, I have to be careful not to go say the El Monstro because it's like the, 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 the monster. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I have a speech impediment. Anyway. It's all right. You're just a white person. <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> oh, delicious. I'm so not excited. One of the strongest themes of the movie is is that, well, we'll explain that a little later, and you'll hear a lot of that in the interview. I don't want to like spoil too much for you, and I think we did a pretty fairly decent job of uh, keeping the spoilers to a minimum in the interview, so don't worry about that. But one of the characters in the movie is a luchador. And he it goes by the name El Monstro. And uh, he is a, has a, a lineage of basically like wrestling superstar superheroes, essentially. That, it's in the family. Yeah, it's in the family. Like El Monstro had his father who was uh, El Monstro, who was bigger than he was. And he's got a lot of making up to do, et cetera, et cetera. So we figured we would do a special shot. And this one has three different types of tequila in it, which we got... Maybe I should go from the worst to best. What do you think? I don't care how you do it. Okay, so we got Saza Tequila Gold. You're going to want to put one-third of a shot. 
Then you're also going to take one third of a shot of Jose Cuervo. Oh, we also got a really nice one, uh, nicer one. We got a budget. Patron Silver. I do like Patron Silver. Right. If I'm going to so, drink tequila, I usually drink. Like this is the way to do it, right? Patron type tequila. I don't drink gold tequila. <laughs> wow. Brown tequila. I like clear. And then there's a kicker, you know. So we got three ingredients. I forgot about. And this, this is one of my favorite parts, actually. In order to make this even more legendary, like El Monstro, we're going to put in some hot sauce <laughs> on top of it, which is really good, actually. You're going to put it, do as much as you possibly can, because let's face it, guys, El Monstro's no pussy, okay? I'm a pussy. I don't like hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, well, what is that? Is that just Tabasco? No, it's a tapatio. Oh, then that's fine. Tapatio's I wanted to get Cholula, but I didn't have it. Cholula. So. so there's a lot of hot stuff in here. So in about ten minutes, I'm going to fight Alex. Yeah. Because once the tequila settles in my belly, I get fighty as fuck. <laughs> so if you hear the fucking mic cut out, you'll know exactly why. Yeah. But uh, to the legend of El Monstro. El Monstro. I did it like a British accent right you there. Did. You ready? Mm-mm. Oh, she's prepping herself by drinking her whiskey. Just leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't even judge me. I'm trying to like not have tequila taste in my mouth. I, I would sing the song, but there's no way I could fucking remember that. Mm-mm. <laughs> Cheers. <sighs> it's a uh, niptastic, guys. Oh. Brittany's not having a good time over there, guys. Uh, you guys, you ready for the puke? You ready to puke? A, no. <laughs> it's I'll it's probably... hot. It, it like I didn't taste the tapatio, yeah. but my chest is reaping the rewards of the hot sauce right now. I'll probably be the only one on the show that never pukes. <laughs> I don't know. You'd be surprised, man. Because I'm a man. <laughs> we did a fucking shot with like. Mashed up Fruit Loops and shit in there, and just it just hit the back of your throat just wrong, and whipping cream and weird shit like that. Anyway, guys, Loop? I want to drink a Fruit Loops in it. Sounds delicious. You heard us do the shot, but if for some reason you forget and you would like to check it out and do an El Monstro yourself, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. I hate tequila. <laughs> but that's it for horror shots, guys. All right, guys, so as you already know, we're going to be skipping the news this week, but we will be bringing to you a interview with the director of Low Life, Ryan Prowse, and we're going to go ahead and do that right now. Hey guys, today we have a special guest with us, that is writer and director of the films Narco Corrido and recent film Low Life. His name is Ryan Prowse. Welcome to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. Hello. <laughs> and this is not the second time we've done this, by the nope. way. <laughs> Come on, man. I had to throw myself movie, under the bus movie, there. Movie magic. You got to sell the sell the <laughs> sizzle or whatever that saying is. Well, you're I don't in, even you, know. You've done acting too, so you kind of know how to take it back, right? So that's right. Yeah. <laughs> or I, I'm like total Fender status, where I like make the actors do 800 takes for no reason, <laughs> just to get the perfect one. Yeah, I read about. Yeah, him. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I at some point. I mean, come on. 
there's no way he's even looking through all those takes at some point. <laughs> so you just got back from promoting your newest film, Low Life. How was the trip? How was everything? How was the reception? It was incredible. We went to, let's see, we did, we previewed in New York City, um, which I was saying is like super dope to me. It feels like, you know, this is the type of movie that you want to play in New York in like a little gnarly theater. We didn't play in a gnarly theater, but, I, you know, I, in my mind, it was like taxi driver status, you know, so that was really cool. Yeah, the and, film was um, really raw, so it's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we played sense. in like a super nice tricked out theater so it, like in the middle of the afternoon so not quite what i was expecting but you know it, it went well we opened myself and shay ogbana he's one of the uh, writers and he plays keith keith in the movie um he uh we uh we're both from atlanta and we got a chance to open at the theater that i like grew up around the, the corner from um in atlanta so that was like a huge huge trip it was really cool my mom came out for that and you know, it was like big emotional time there. All the friends and family kind of coming out for it. So it was really dope. Right. And I was saying to you, you know, super, super intense when you get to play in your hometown because it's like all the chips, you're putting all your chips on it. And these are the people that know you the best. So it's like you really want to make an impact. Yeah, definitely. No, it was funny because it was like we played, luckily I played like in a bunch of festivals kind of the year leading up to that. So that was really cool to go on like a festival tour and all that. But yeah, it did feel like really different where I was just like all of a sudden insanely nervous, you know, and just like, Oh, are they going to like this? It like this. And, but it was really, it was really cool. And everybody, I mean, they told me they liked it, so I'm just going to take it at value of they loved it and not that they were just my friends and family being nice. <laughs> it's hard to get the, the real thing, but I bet you they really did like it. They liked it. Yeah. Well, they would tell me. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I always had that problem when I write music is it's like, I'm like, what do you think? Oh, it's music. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> you had uh, mentioned that you were actually in, you went to the Conservatory of the American Art Film Institute. Yep. And uh, you moved out there from Atlanta to uh, Los Angeles to do that. Yeah. Uh, was, was some of the inspiration on that? It was really cool. We, um, a bunch of the uh, crew from Low Life, we all met at school together. Uh, there were five writers total in the film, and we all met and were working at school. And then out of school, we started like a little comedy collective where we were doing sketch comedy stuff online and did like a web series and that kind of stuff. My cinematographer, editor, production designer, our producers, like just all of like the department heads, we all went to school together and worked on projects together in school. So it was like a pretty incredible that we all met same year and then, you know, came out and, and liked each other from that. And then we're still, you know, working together and made a movie and still like each other. It's been pretty insane. That's that is pretty amazing. So you met a really good group of friends out there uh, yeah. that are going to be working with you. Probably I all paid, the way in the uh, future. paid graduate prices to, uh, to meet a lot of friends, but right. it worked out for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part of school of any art program is meeting the people who are going to be working with you in that industry. So definitely. But, um, did you actually participate in anything before you go into the Institute? Uh, yeah, I worked on in Atlanta. We worked on a bunch of shorts and, uh, crewed for like indie films and stuff like that. And, yeah, I was saying, like, unfortunately, 
Like I totally missed the boat where like, or not unfortunately, unfortunately for me, not for it, the city of Atlanta, like they've blown up with production. So that's, that's really cool. But yeah, I kind of like, uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, where was all this when I was there? And I was like scrapping and saving and trying to do anything. And now they're like every day working on like a Marvel movie and then making their own stuff, hopefully. So. <laughs> hey, but you're getting to live your your actual dream, your creative dream. So that's right. So, so they are really working on big projects like that from that crew. Oh no no no! no. Just that Atlanta. <laughs> They're shooting a bunch of stuff in Atlanta now. Oh, so. I gotcha. It obviously this movie is uh, the newest movie that you did, and the and the one before it have like a kind of a crime genre sort of uh, in it, but it also has a lot yeah. of comedy, comedic beats, and things like that. I mean, which genre would you say really speaks to you the most and, and why is that? Yeah, I mean, I really do like crime stuff and specifically all the I mean, that was that was the initial pitch um, to all the writers was let's do a crime anthology uh, film. Um, and it was just kind of born out of necessity of like, OK, we haven't gotten we all were writing scripts separately and. Well, I, we always kind of jokingly refer to it as like the Wu-Tang model. Like we were writing stuff on our own and then we were writing stuff together. And, you know, I, I pitched like, let's just do an anthology that like if we have to, we can shoot, you know, shoot it in segments, shoot pieces of it on nights and weekends and do little short films and then kind of c- collapse them all together. Genre wise, like crime stuff's always kind of been my favorite. Um, and then definitely, you know. I don't know really what to categorize. This This has always been the problem is like, cause there are tinges of horror in it, you know, and I do like horror stuff as well. What it's kind of, to me, it's like anything that you can kind of like, like dig in and, and to some kind of like social, political, you know, topical sort of stuff and then still make it entertaining and make it on surface. It's like, you know, it's fun to watch and everything. That's always kind of been the goal. So, I mean, I always like those kind of films, nice. like, whether it be sort of just genre in general, like, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, sci-fi stuff or anything, but it's like, you know, Robocop's one of my favorite movies. Right. I would, I mean, that's science fiction, but it's also, there's some horrific shit in there too, you know? So <laughs> it's like, I love kind of mixing all that together and yeah, just using genre to kind of, to speak to something bigger, I think is, is really the goal. Yeah. I, did you ever see the, um, RoboCop, uh, anthology where like all, Oh these my God, that's so th- amazing. That, that one where they're shooting where the dicks, dicks. Oh, that is the best. I like think about that uh, all the time. Like that'll just pop in my head and I'll just start laughing and I look like a maniac, but I'm just like, man, that's so perfectly done. Like it's so good. There are other good ones, but that one just is sticks out like a yeah. dick in the bunch, you know? Yeah. Man, it's so good. And like, it's so well built. And like, I mean, it's like, it is like a joke. It's so well, like conceived and and designed, but then also really fucking terrible. (laughs) And like, you're just wincing the whole time you're watching it. I love that shit. Who is that? That's like Fatal Farm or something did that. I think you're right. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. I don't I I can't remember how long ago. It might have been three years ago. What did they did they ever do a anything the fatal farm I, you know i, I haven't weren't they do like tv or commercials or something like that they might have split up and done some other stuff but i i haven't really followed it since then to be quite honest with you but i need yeah. to look it up and check now yeah goddamn that i mean the fact that you and i both were immediately gonna go to the robocop <laughs> dick shooting one is like that tells you something they got they're they're working with some good stuff there right yeah oh, it looks like they did a bunch of key and peel stuff too are they canadian because it seems like those guys are uh, doing a lot of that fun stuff huh yeah but uh, well, let me ask let me ask you this. Actually, I know that your first film, Narco Corrido, which I am butchering probably. Uh, yeah, Corrido. It's, Corrido. It's, it's 
I'm Come doing on, it like Arizona. Arizona, <laughs> what what is happening here? <laughs> and I it's, and Spanish is my second language, sort of, I guess. But uh, you did this. You did this film. It's a short, um, yeah. and you actually won an award for it uh, from the institute. Can you tell us a no, little I about? Or you didn't won a won a student academy award. Ah, okay. Because it separate was, but equal. Separate. Okay, gotcha. So, how can you tell us a little about what that film was about and uh, why you? Yeah, got it's picked? um, yeah, it's a it's a really cool like subgenre of music corridos are like um mexican folk ballads like so they'd be like you know back in the day they kind of talk about like pancho villa and like uh like bandits and that kind of stuff and then it turned into now they do these narco corridos which are about like all the you know cartel stuff and drug wars and everything and they're really big here in the states actually more so even than mexico i think and where it's like uh, la they have a big base here with like a ton of like bands and stuff or <clears throat> record here i think um and then all across the southwest but these singers will and this is actually i'm actually making like a i'm writing a feature version now uh that i want to make of narco and it just kind of follows one of the singers where they get hired by cartel guys to kind of like sing their glory, sing ballads of their tales or whatever. And then they get, and then the singers will get killed by rival cartel guys as like a kill the messenger kind of thing. So uh-huh. it's a really, I mean, it, and it's like, you know, it's like traditional, like the polka sort of tinged. It's got like, you know, accordions and tubas and all that stuff. So it sounds like really traditional stuff, but they're singing about like just the most heinous shit you've ever heard in your life. It's really wild. Yeah. That's pretty um, insane to think about that because it, it does sound kind of happy and jovial. And like, when you think about all these stories behind it, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, and then the short itself was like, it was basically like you're watching one of these songs sort of unfold. So it was like a, it's a traffic stop and it's, uh, Nikki Michelle, who, who's in, um, who's in low life as well. It's the first thing we worked on together. She's, uh, she plays a cop that's pulling her truck over and you kind of just follow that. You all go down. I'm sure you can imagine it's not, uh, the happiest of endings. So. <laughs> Compared to low life. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's actually one of the things I wanted to ask you because I went to look for it and, uh, I didn't find it readily available. Um, is there a place short, that we can it's find It's online. Is it? Is it on yeah. like uh, Vimeo or something? Or Yeah, I think it is. Okay. I definitely want to check it out. Now, you worked with Nikki, which I thought was, she was fantastic in yeah, uh, she's the incredible. new movie. Yeah, yeah she she's, is really, she's really, man, great. she made me tear up at the end. Oh, like, awesome. Awesome. You know what I mean? Like She I makes re- me tear up and I wrote that shit. She's really good. I was really impressed. I mean, everybody in the movie was great, but uh, you seem to have like a good working relationship specifically with her, maybe. I mean, and everybody, obviously, but she returned in low life and there had to have been a reason. Is there a, how did you guys meet and how did that all come about? Yeah, actually through school, um, my one of my uh, instructors there, he's a uh, like a, a working, really dope um, TV director. I mean, he directs other stuff, but mainly TV stuff. Um, and he, he sort of just put the, he, he sent the script to her and was like, yo, you should do this. And she was kind of like, you know, of course, like, I don't want to do a student short film. What are you talking about? Whatever. And he kind of talked her into it and we met and, and hit it off. And, um, yeah, I mean, with low life specifically, <clears throat> you know, we wrote it, we wrote her part first and we kind of wrote everything around her. Like that, the whole thing was sort of designed around, like I knew, you know, Nikki would kill it, would just crush it if she was in the film. And, and it was like writing something that I, I felt like, you know, I hadn't seen her do, but also 
So it would be enticing to her, but also be something kind of fun and different. And luckily, because I mean, the yeah, the script and she's kind of talked about this a bit, too, which is so funny to me, like the other side of it. Like, you know, we had a working relationship, so she was down for the cause and down to do it. But it was also like, I can't imagine getting that script and reading through it for the first time and being like, okay, wait now, what, what are we doing here? What's this? So (laughs) it's it's definitely a testament to her. Yeah. It's a testament (laughs) to her that she was like, you know, willing to, to take the plunge with us. But, um, She's really, I don't know, she's just so, because you'll see even in the difference between her performance in Low Life and when you watch uh, Narco Credo, like she, she plays a cop at Narco and even just like her physical performance is so different and so different from like, she's a, you know, definitely like a very commanding big presence, you know, like in person and, and she plays that a lot more in Narco uh, than man in Low Life. It like was watching someone literally transform in front of your eyes every day. It was crazy. Yeah, and she's mentioned, she said that of all the stuff that she's done, which she's done quite, she's got quite the profile, she mentioned that this movie in particular has the most buzz that she's ever experienced as an actress. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know. It's so crazy to me that, like, because, I mean, I I don't know, did you ever watch The Shield? That was the first thing I saw her in. Yeah. And she's so good in that. I remember, like, that was before I had met her or anything and, like, made a note of her of like, man, she's so believable in that role. She plays like an undercover cop who's like playing a prostitute or whatever. And like, you just feel like you're terrified for her and everything. And she's so good in that. And, you know, and she's been in, yeah, like you said, a ton of stuff and she's always kind of working. And, um, she had a show for a while. She was like a lead in, <clears throat> I never watched it, but that Lincoln Heights. Um, Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of more of like a family, you know, sort of thing or whatever. So it wasn't really my, my bag, but, um, you know, even with her always working, she's just yeah it's one of those actors that like you know you know the face but you don't kind of know what she's done because she so it's almost kind of i mean it's her talent it's almost a little bit of a detriment of her just falling into these roles that you're just like oh i believe that's a real person doing that and not an actor and right i i, I have even kind of seen that on this where with low life like when people see her they almost like in person they almost kind of double take they're like wait oh, oh my god are you the actor in that movie you know it's just Cause she's so, yeah, she just becomes a different person. It's really, it's kind of spooky to see. Yeah. She was kind of the glue that tied that whole thing. Uh, in my opinion, I mean, all the characters yeah, are really we strong. Definitely, yeah. We definitely built it like around her. Like I love the fact, and it's even, you know, I mean, it's like we have super flashy characters and it's like, you know, she, she's almost kind of playing the straight man to those where she doesn't get to be like the craziest, flashiest character, but she to me is like definitely the heart of the movie. Like, yeah. you know, it, it is all kind of begin and end with her literally, you know, and figuratively. And she perfectly crashes the wave in the right way at the end. Mm-hmm. too. Like mm-hmm. it just wraps it up so nice right there. No, it's incredible. We actually, it's funny. We didn't have that ending initially, like the ending with the two of them in the car. Um, uh, oh man, it was just going to be something different. I can't even remember what it was now. It was just like, I think Kaylee leaves or something with, with randy but it was just not it was like played more for laughs and kind of like a like and it was a little bit darker you know and it was really as we were shooting the film um she had kind of she was nudging me a little bit like earlier on where she wasn't saying anything but she was like oh man that ending you know (laughs) just kind of like planting seeds or whatever and i was like yeah yeah, i know we're kind of figuring it out and then 
yeah, it was like once we, I don't know, as we were like getting into the shooting and it was getting so dark and how horrible like her, her story in particular goes. And you're just like, you know, can this get any worse? It was like, yo, we got to fix the ending. Like we can't climb this low and not have some kind of like light at the end of the tunnel with this. It's too much. So, and the movie does take you guys, for those of you who are listening right now, it takes you on a ride emotionally. Like you won't be able to pinpoint necessarily the genre a hundred percent and since we're talking about it why don't we go ahead and tell them what the movie is about yeah it's um so it's like a multi-narrative crime story set in la um woman gets kidnapped pregnant woman gets kidnapped you're kind of following all sides of the kidnapping el monstro who is a luchador uh if anyone knows what that is like a mexican wrestler lucha libre um kind of the traditional i mean he's very much more in the traditional sense of like the 60s 70s type of luchador um is the woman's uh husband who gets kidnapped so he's looking for kind of follow two bumbling idiots who one of them were coming out of prison and he's got a swastika tattoo on his face and his best friends trying to figure out how to deal with that while they're in the middle of this kidnapping plot and then um nikki's character crystal she like runs this like she owns this like super rundown motel with her husband who's sick who's got like kidney uh failure and uh she kind of inadvertently kicks off the whole thing where they're kidnapping the kidnapping plot to get a kidney for her husband who's sick so and then uh hilarity ensues yeah surprisingly (laughs) and 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 laughs and tears and everything in between yeah it is a, a a crazy genre i I consider it a genre bending kind of film there because, we go. because it really is like i just i knew going in that it was going to be a comedy i could tell the humor from the trailer and 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 then i found out that there was like five people that wrote the the script or the screenplay <laughs> and i was yeah. thinking to myself like how did that come about i mean i know you had said that you met all these people in school and then i would think though creatively like you guys must have either been working perfectly or it would have been some creative tug and pull. <laughs> no, it was good. Like, I, I actually, it, it's interesting. Like, I mean, I, I've gotten a lot where people are like, oh, man, how did the five guy thing work? I mean, we were all we were all buddies and we were all definitely like same or similar sensibilities. Um, but, you know, it almost we treated it like more like a TV writer's room where we like all broke story together and kind of came up with like like the outline and everything. And then we went apart, went away, wrote separate uh, pieces, each one of us. And then we came back and kind of worked on it together. But I think like the strength of it is like we were really just like workshopping it and everybody had like an ownership on it so that like, you know, like bullshit couldn't slide. I feel like a lot of times in scripts, I, I mean, I, I'm guilty of this, too. I'll be working on my own stuff and I'll be like, oh, I'll get back to that later. I'll get back to this later. You know, and it's like and you've got <laughs> you don't have one other person. You have four other people sitting there being like, well, well yo, what's this? We need to fix this. Or, you know, they'll come up with an idea or whatever for it. And then the other cool thing was like, you know, I'm a writer on it. One of the actors was a writer on it. And then two of the producers were writers on it as well. So, like, you always have a writer on set who that were always engaged in it and kind of trying to figure it out as well. That way, especially for like an indie movie, like when problems would come up, you know, like budget stuff or whatever, we could always kind of write our, our way out of a corner as opposed to like it just sucking. Five so, heads you know. are better than one kind of thing. Yeah, it really, it really was. I mean, and it was like, obviously, you know, let go of the ego, try to figure out like what's best, like 
it really was like always like best idea wins. Like if you can't argue your way, I mean, we were always fighting. We were always like into it, you know, but it was like, it was like, if you can't, you know, kind of make your case for this, then it it goes or it stays or whatever it is. That's cool that everybody kept their ego in check there, huh? (laughs) Yeah. As much as they could. I mean, because they're all your babies, right? All your ideas are your babies. You birthed. Oh, of course. But it's but it is just like, yeah, it's like any getting good notes from anybody, even on your own stuff. It is always like I think the best version of that is when someone asks a question that you can't answer, you know, and then that starts making you think like, oh, huh, OK, maybe that is a problem or maybe that's maybe I should fix this. And it, and it wasn't it wasn't so much that like someone would have, you know, here's what this needs to be. And someone would argue and be like, no, this needs to be this other thing. It would be more of like, okay, we're kind of, and even just within it being, we have these separate sections. So, you know, everybody kind of has a little bit of ownership of their section. And then as, as it sort of was unfolding where we were all working on it together, then that's when it starts loosening up and everybody's like, well, what about this? So you, you have different ideas for different stuff or whatever. And then it becomes, I don't know, something more, I think, than it, than it would have been if it was just one of us writing it. Now, I, now you said that everybody had their own sections. Like, mm-hmm. was there a p- specific section that you did or like each a character? Because you have so many really interesting characters in this movie that they're so different from one another and they're so strong. Like, and especially the actors definitely carried each of the characters really well. Was there, I mean, how did that work? Yeah, we all, we all kind of like, we all had separate, like, I came up with the initial, like, sort of conceit of it being like, okay, you know, let's do an anthology thing that's like in LA because, again, just out of necessity of like, we're going to shoot LA, but let's do a crime thing. We all like crime stuff. And then everybody kind of brought either different characters or scenarios into it. Like we had actually, the swastika face thing, um, (laughs) was like a, a sketch we had tried to shoot a while ago. Um, that I had pitched a while ago, like just more of like, it was just going to be, you know, picking your friend up from, from prison who now has a swat is like the beginning of it. He has a swastika tattoo on his, on his face <laughs> to survive. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not, not for racist reasons, yes. of course. Um, and so stuff like that, like everyone brought like little either character sketches or like scenarios or kind of different little funny bits or whatever. And then, yeah, we just sort of started sketching it around that and it being like, like the Nikki story, the, the whole kidney thing, kidnapping, all that sort of stuff. Uh, we did a short film. That was one of the shorts that we did at AFI. Uh, okay. together uh, with one of the writers that wrote on this. So it's, it's that kind of stuff. It's just we sort of built it pretty organically, you know. Nice. Well, yeah, it's like something that took some time, actually. And just like yeah. you found the right home for it. Yeah, exactly. And you just, you know, it's like it was it really was like like initially we thought we were going to just do like, like I said, like an anthology. And then as we were writing it, as we were kind of like brainstorming, we were like, oh, man, this would be so cool if plot started sort of overlapping and characters started interacting and all that sort of thing. So then that became like really like the kind of working backwards and figuring out like how, you know, sort of reverse engineering, how it would actually come together. Yeah. And like I said, I mentioned before, like I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, that's so great. Like the whole swastika on the face thing really sold me on like the tone of the film. And when I first got thrown into that world, man, you guys kicked me right in the face. Like I was like, oh, my God, is this even a comedy? Like what is going on? Exactly. It's some of the darkest material that I've seen in some comedies. And I mean, is there a reason for that shift? I mean, you guys just like sick and like, (laughs) which is a good thing. I'm not saying it's bad. I mean. No, I mean, we always, 
I was always interested to see how they were going to uh, market it anyways, because I can never pitch it. I'm horrible at pitching it. And we were always just like, I don't know, it's got all this stuff in it. And I always pitched it as like, you know, to me, it was all the good things in life. It was like, there'll be horrible shit butted up right next to the best things that's ever happened, you know, and everything in between and really taking a character. And, and then in this instance, we have like, you know, three main, three or four main characters. It's like taking them through the ringer in like true dramatic fashion, like as low as they can go and then try to, you know, rise up and have some kind of redemption or whatever that, whatever their arc needs. But, um, yeah, I mean, the initial pitch when we were kind of talking about it, we were like, you know, it'd be really cool if it's like, like a true exploitation sort of thing where, you know, on the outset, like the surface level of it is like, you got a luchador, you got a swastika face dude, you got a woman with a shotgun, you know, what, what, how do all these things kind of fit together? Um, and then, you know, hopefully it's like, it is surprising. I would, I would be really into that if I was a viewer of like, it's like you get into it and then, oh man, there's actually a heart to this and there's more to this than it just being like trying to be shocking or whatever it's supposed to be. You right. know, it's being sold as like, that was always kind of a cool idea, but I don't even know if that's what they were doing with it. So I don't, I have no clue. I mean, to me, it was just like, it was definitely always trying to balance the tones and we always knew like each character, each section was going to kind of have its own tone and, you know, there'd be definitely sort of dry or dark humor or there'd be like really horrific moments or, you know, kind of everything in between. That was really the fun of it to me. It was like the movie isn't categorizable as you watch it. You know, it's like it is supposed to kind of shock you and surprise you and you don't know really where you're going. And like you said, it's a ride until, you know, the very end, hopefully. Yes. I mean, I, I like it's it's so weird. Like I when I watched it, I was like on the edge of my seat the entire time. Like oh, thinking, I really was like, I'm not just saying that, like I, I was, I, I laughed, I cried, I stood up and cheered, I reeled in horror sometimes. And, and one of the things that I kind of got like an overall, you know, like the lesson of the story is don't judge a book by its cover or not everything can be easily put into categories. Is that kind of a yeah, theme? Definitely. And I guess, yeah, I, I mean, that was definitely a theme we were talking about with the characters. So I guess shit that works for the movie too. I never really thought about that, but we were always... Yeah, we were always like, you know, early on, every one of these characters has a mask or a, or an appearance or like they're easy to make kind of a quick judgment or people make quick judgments of them all the time or they have labels. I mean, we literally label each one of them, you know, per their section or whatever. Right. And, and then, <clears throat> yeah, and then it's digging into that. I, I was talking to somebody else about this, but every one of the characters, Nikki's character, Crystal, she'd be the like supporting character in somebody else's movie, you know, like she'd be there for a second, whatever you need to do for the plot shit. And then she'd peace out, you know, and it, and it really was like from jump, like, okay, let's take marginalized people, people of color, specifically marginalized people. And then also the, these, these characters that like would always be sort of the supporting or fringe characters in somebody else's movie. And like, this is their movie. We get to follow them and really see like, you know, what makes them tick as well. So that was always kind of the initial goal. And then it was like, yeah, how to, how to kind of fit that into, cause it, it really was like a, let's talk about something. Let's have something be there like a deeper meaning to it, but also like not be preachy or soapboxing, right. you know, you don't want it to just be like message, you know, kind of deal. So, and to me, it's very raw in that sense because it's like, I don't know, like that's how real world is on like online. We live this weird life, right? Like everybody puts everybody into a box and they think it's this way and it really isn't that way in life. So yeah, I don't know. Definitely. Maybe that's why it resonated with me so much is that seeing 
all this ragtag, you know, motley crew, so to speak, you know, people like getting together in this whole story. So, um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, it, we make they, they come together like just the gnarliest, like Legion of Substitute Heroes, fucking Avengers, Great Lakes Avengers style, like at the very <laughs> yeah. end, which is pretty dope. Yeah, uh, the luchador, um, El Monstro is, uh, man, some of his parts were really great in that. Um, <laughs> and I love that you didn't go to the extent of actually showing it. Like your first instinct would be to show everything that happens in these periods. I don't want to spoil it for too many people, but you, I loved like, like when he woke up, then you realize like what right, happened. Right. And then you got to piece it together in your mind. That was, that was fantastic. Yeah. And that's always. It is like, uh, like it's always exciting to me to like make the audience a participant in it, and you're kind of doing the math, you know, as the movie's going on or, or like piecing it together. Like I always love that type of stuff myself, but then also just, of course, like uh, budget wise, <laughs> yeah. made a lot of sense. <laughs> I thought about that too, but even either way, you made it work, and that's all that yeah, matters. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, it, it can have two reasons. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's definitely what I meant. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that you are uh, big into the crime and obviously some comedy here. You and your friends have some pretty good jokes here. Um, uh, do you think that you would ever consider doing like a horror film? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've I've like written a horror thing that's like, I don't know, forever tied up at a fucking studio. So who knows? But, oh, no, really? Yeah, that happened. But um, so you sold it and they bought it, and now it's just sitting. Yeah. Ah. Um, so, so yeah, I can't mean, even I, talk I like about stuff, it. But again, it is all it is all like um like trying to come at it from some kind of like social angle or whatever. You know, it's just whatever you can kind of like like talk like use it to to talk about something deeper. Um, right. And that's pretty hot right now. So I mean, hell yeah, yeah. We're actually we're working on a thing now. Um. Uh. Four of the writers, myself included, um, are working on a project. Like our next thing now that script's done, we're trying to get like casting and money for or whatever. Um, so that's like the next big thing. And that is definitely, yeah, sort of the social horror type thing. Right. Uh, it fits in that, fits in that world. It's, uh, Damn. it's, it's going to be pretty gnarly, but you can't <clears throat> say anything about it, right? Uh, not too much. No, not really. Okay. Well, no, no, no worries. Yeah. It's like a, even more fucked up attack the block i guess i could ah, kind of okay. or like assault on precinct 13 or something like that it's like really but super gnarly I'm, I'm excited i my one of my favorite things this is kind of maybe talking out of school but like at one of our at our at our premiere at, at uh, fantasia which is incredible festival in montreal um somebody from one of the horror magazines, like a pretty famous horror magazine, he fucking walked out because low life was too bloody. So if we like, if he thought that was bad, man, get, get ready, motherfucker. For the next one. Yeah. Let's not say the name so that we both don't get into trouble for laughing. Yeah. At no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really bad. Really? Yeah. That is, but, I mean, we're yeah. pretty, we're pretty, uh, saturated in the messed up stuff. So it's like, that's why I was like, uh, okay, fuck. Uh, but <laughs> no, I mean, the, the new one is pretty, it's, it's going to be wild. It's called, uh, it's called Night Patrol. It, you know, again, if, ah. if and when we get it going, but it's going to be pretty fucking. Wow. You better let wild. me know because I'm all about that. Like, <laughs> I, I noticed that you obviously are a fan of practical effects and, you know, as. You yeah, know, definitely. Horror obviously thrives. A lot of the really big classics thrive on practical. Uh, effects now did you have any kind of say in that when you were making the movie 
No, I mean, we had like a really dope team. Uh, Josh and Sierra Russell, they came on to do it. And then like really just like huge favor for us, basically, because um, they were like busy, like, I don't know, doing like a, an, a million TV shows and shit. But they're super <laughs> awesome. And they were just they're really smart about, again, like how to do it, you know, on a budget and not not let it suffer. I mean, I, I remember on I, when we first met with them and I came to them, I was like, hey, OK, so we want to do like you know, a little bit of a spoiler. I don't know. But for the opening scene, like the autopsy stuff, we were like, <laughs> I was like, I want to do a full autopsy. <laughs> and they just looked at me like I was out of my mind. They were like, well, okay, what? But, you know, then they just figured out a, made a way to make it work. They're incredible. Hey, by the so, way, my name's Ryan. I need to do an autopsy scene. Yeah. Can you hook it up? <laughs> they were like, what the? F- no, God, why? No. Um, no, but, they did a yeah, really good job, though. Like, oh, I was they're, impressed. They're incredible. Yeah. And I mean, it just it is that like, yeah, I really lean into I mean, practical effects. I always like that stuff. You know, I can you can definitely tell it's just anything like that is like if you're going to put that much care into something, it's going to show no matter what it is, you know, and I and I feel like you can always just feel that that like the difference between, you know, doing shooting a million takes and you just do digital blood or whatever. And you're just like, well, shit. Yeah, that that seems really easy. You know, right. Yeah. No, and then, and it's like, you know, on a lot of the films, and I'm not saying that yours fil- fits into some sort of uh, particular box by any means, but some of the films that it reminds me of is like John Dies at the End or like, I don't know, just like these uh, a little bit more independent uh, style ideas that are huge, in my uh-huh. opinion, um, but they don't always go as far as like you know what i mean and you did in this film like you really like i was like holy shit this is actually happening yeah like, i don't want to say and spoil it for anybody but teddy has a scene that's pretty uh pretty brutal <laughs> if you can dream it you can you can be it i guess <laughs> dreams really do come true horror fans <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean and that's you know that's the thing i love about that's why i mean you know even like television stuff nowadays yeah yeah they they just do the craziest shit so to me it's like why not go at least that far to where like if it supports the story you know like why why cut back on stuff like that like that that's always exciting to me of like if you can mix those things together because again like i said like robocop or something i remember being a kid watching that and being like (laughs) is this a thing that happens like what in the fuck and that butted up against you know a robot cop doing it like right. i was just like okay man this is incredible like now I, just... I can't get the dicks blowing up in my head again <laughs> yeah they've ruined it they've ruined it fatal farm it's too Robocop. good it's too good <laughs> it's so good i think part of it again talking about this specifically the care taken in all of it that you just know that it took them forever to shoot all that and set all that bullshit up and everything for a joke is like what makes that so fucking beautiful, you know? <laughs> it's such a joke. <laughs> well, let me. I now I immediately after I was done watching the movie, I was like, all right, we're gonna buy this on Blu-ray, and it, it's not out yet. But I know that IFC uh, has distribution with it. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Okay. For, for US. Do you have a date on that, or is there? I mean, it's out on VOD and everything now. To right. Uh, um, and then, yeah, Blu-ray wise, um, it's through Shout Factory and or Scream Factory. I don't know which oh, which nice. label they do oh, or whatever. 
It'll be, it'll probably be Scream, I would think. Scream? Okay. Um, it's whatever, like, IFC, Midnight has, like, the hookup with them, so, um, and that, I, I think it's supposed to be, like, summer. Really? Okay. Yeah, so it's coming out pretty soon. We're I've actually, rented it twice now, so. Oh, uh, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> You're, You're doing yeah. the Lord's work. And then I, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Hey, man, if it's worth it, to be honestly, I didn't mind. So. Thanks, yeah, we're, um. <laughs> We're trying to, we're like stacking the, uh, we're doing a bunch of the extras because I, I love Blu-rays and shit. That's like myself and one of the producers, like we just nerd out and all that. So we're like doing a bunch of, of extras ourselves for it. So like we're working on that now, actually. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. So summertime. So it'll be fully loaded. It won't be like the bullshit empty, you know, like direct to Walmart one or whatever. <laughs> Last question I'll ask you here is first of all, you obviously have some crime favorite films are you fans of like john woo are you like no not at all not. no the thing was okay so i'll get i'll get on my like get back on my soapbox here i'm a movie <laughs> where i'm just soapboxing the whole time this whole but, thing is your soapbox what are you talking yeah, about exactly on, it's nothing on. but soapboxing but um <laughs> no i mean i i can appreciate them but john woo movies specifically like they kind of fucked me up with their gun violence and the violence in it and everything. It's like so cartoony and like sort of just like doesn't matter, you know, like there's no weight to it. There's no like actual like, man, when you shoot someone with a gun, shit is horrible. Gotcha. <laughs> like I gotcha. I see what you mean. It's really terrible. And yeah, just I don't know. Like it, it's always feels more of like a glorification of it than it being like because it's like cool. There's doves involved. There's fucking fire like. There's two guns normally. It's pretty awesome. But yeah, I just always am like the action was that, good, that's but the, the stuff that kind of the deaths weren't as impactful, bit. is what you're saying. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Just like you know, it's a cartoon, basically. Just another one yeah. dead, and it's making it look cool while you're doing it, which is the thing that like. And again, I can get on some you know entertainment, whatever kind of stuff, but it just it, that it always sort of leaves me cold. Like I'm always like, Ugh. I feel bad when I'm watching one of those. But that one scene. Where they're in the uh, the one shot where they're like in the hallway and the um, the hospital or whatever fire okay yeah that, that's incredible I, I can't I can't knock it I'm just saying <laughs> on the whole I don't like what that shit represents I understand no, I mean that's a that's actually a valid argument to be honest with you like I never looked at it like from that lens that you have yeah I mean I, I just I think about the because our movie is incredibly violent you know and we've talked yes. about violent stuff a lot where people have been like. Did you need to do X, Y, Z or whatever? I mean, I feel like we needed to to ground the world because it was so absurd anyways. And, you know, to talk about like that there are consequences to action. There's a consequence to somebody shooting a gun, all that sort of stuff. We, I think we pretty responsibly deal with it. But also at the same time, it's like, um, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not going to be sitting here knocking John Woo. I mean, the dude is a is a beast. So <laughs> You won't catch me on that one. What films would you uh, recommend if you had uh, a few choices? I mean, I like, like, you know, like 70s crime movies are like totally my bag, you know, just like on a crime movie nerd sort of tip. Um, Killing the Chinese Bookie, like when I was a kid or not kid, like, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago when I first saw that mm -hmm. in my 20s, that like made a huge impact on me because that's a, I always like movies that are genre, but they're not really about the genre that they're in. McCabe and Mrs. Miller, I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's like a Western. No. But it's not, it's like a anti-Western. It's not even about really a Western, but it's like the most Western movie ever as well. It's really dope. That's a dope ass movie. Uh, um, what is it called again? 
McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Okay, McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Okay. Yeah, it's a Robert Altman movie from the seventies. It's it's really it's beautiful. It's a really great movie. Um, but yeah, Killing of Chinese Bookie, Friends of Eddie Coyle, um, newer stuff. I mean, I really like. I don't know if it's. I guess it's kind of crime, but that like um, Nightcrawler. Oh see that? That was yeah, incredible man. That like, is a really the, good movie. Like yeah, just the sort of the character piece of that whole thing. You know, Taxi Driver, Fargo, No Country. What about Death Wish? Kind of uh, no, yeah, nah, not, not really. No. <laughs> Some of the did themes see, in there are kind of... Did you see the new one? Uh, no, I haven't. Worst time to come out, by the way, for the public, no I shit. think. What are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, wow, you really, you really got <laughs> fucked on that one, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> hey, guns Whoops. are cool. Yeah. <laughs> not a good movie right now, I guess. <laughs> Still straight up like black people in Chicago. He's like murdering too, right? Isn't that the right. Whole, well, like, yeah, a lot of people are saying that, but then they show the guy getting crushed under the car or whatever. So I don't know. Eli Roth, yeah. he's just a fan of, of a lot of that, uh, you know, old stuff. So like the sleaze sort of I, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm I like, sure I like it's harmless, but heat is the jam. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves heat. Oh, I, yeah, uh, yeah. I went to school with, uh, Dante Spinotti, who is the DP, his um, his son, who's incredible, Ricardo Spinotti, he's like an incredible director. He needs to get off his ass. He hasn't made anything yet, but he's so awesome. Um, but got to meet a couple times Dante Spinotti, which was a was a trip. And like, I kept trying to ask him like questions about heat, and he was just like, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> so, really? Yeah, I was just like past the point. They, you know, like him and his wife were just like, oh, it's fine, whatever. What about a couple of uh, horror releases that you would suggest too? Like recently? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I have old, new, whatever you first comes to your yet, mind. I went to school and I'm buddies with um, Ari Aster, who did uh, Hereditary, and I've heard Ooh. that's awesome. I haven't seen it yet, but. I really want to see that. That's one I think a lot of us are waiting for. Yeah, man. That looks that looks incredible. Um, and he's a really... Actually, I don't know if it's online anymore or not, but you should search out his um, short film he made from school uh, called Strange Things About the Johnsons. <laughs> it's awesome. It's really fucked up, but it's awesome. But yeah, do yourself a favor. Watch that. It's hysterical. Yeah, it's really, I, that, it'll get you ready for hereditary. I've heard <laughs> it's really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like to go on that ride sometimes with a lot of movies. You know, I want to I want to be impressed by something I haven't seen or feel emotions that I maybe never have felt. It's a it's a safe atmosphere, I think, to be. Yeah. <laughs> Anything yep. else you would suggest? Um, Let's see. I'm just looking at my my little library here uh, under the skin. I love that. Under that the awesome. skin. OK. And uh, Antichrist. Antichrist. Yeah. Oh. oh, here's a, here. Here's my one. I, I my suggestion. I give everybody. It's kind of it's more crime, but it has kind of horror tinges to it. Uh, it's called. Well, I, th- I think it's just Revenge, but it's Revanche in German. Is that the new one that just came out? No, this came out like 2008 or nine, something like that. Okay. Um, it's incredible. It's such a good movie. And it it's came probably out one of my in favorite movies. Two thousand what? Two thousand eight, maybe. Revanche. Revanche, like A or oh, with the E with the revanche on the end. Yeah, desperate okay. attempt to improve life for his prostitute girlfriend. This dude basically like works the door in like a in a brothel, and he like she wants to go, and he's got to like basically kidnap her to take her away or whatever, and then they have to like rob a bank to get some money uh, to live. 
and then you sort of just follow the. T- I don't know. It's it's really good. But you so follow you like him. The, you like the real raw stuff. I could tell. Oh yeah, yeah. Because oh, I mean, Antichrist is not a is not an average viewer experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah. Like I, I mean, like Gaspar Noé. Like I I like like those type of films, like Enter the Void or or Irreversible or something. Right. I don't like them. Yeah, it I know. Won't what be you a mean. movie that I like. Like I'm like, yo, I got. You know what I feel like watching right now is Irreversible. Yeah. But. <laughs> It'll be a thing where it's like I think about those a lot. I'm sure you get some heat for that though, a little bit. Yeah, really. (laughs) But I think like like yeah, those extreme extreme cinema stuff. I guess I'm like really into, and I you know I I would love to one day have uh uh the balls to be able to actually do some go that far with some stuff like that. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like that kind of stuff to me is like yeah, pushing the envelope when it counts. Or when in you know not for the sake of doing that, but like trying to push the art forward, try to do right. something fucking wild, you know. So, are you a fan of Possessed? Then I, I, I do like Possessed. I, I mean, was gonna say it's kind of like one of those films, kind of large yeah. von Trier sort of style. Yeah. No, and I like. I mean, yeah, that's all those kind of like I haven't seen that in forever. But like growing up, you watch all those like Don't Look Now or whatever that kind of stuff, and I mean those are really cool. Where yeah, it's just and I like traditional narratives and all that sort of as well. I watch like movies all the time all day every day but yeah it, it will be like every once in a while you need like a little palate cleanser with like what the hell is that you know like that's always <laughs> exciting <laughs> well i think i think when you become a collector and you start watching different things and you try to go down the rabbit hole you've seen so much that you just want to kind of push the envelope a little bit and you really appreciate those people that are willing to do that uh and i could tell yeah, by, just something different right something and i could tell by low life that it's like it's not exactly a hundred percent politically correct even though it's not like offensive like i don't know how to explain it but it's like you wanted to push the boundaries quite a bit with it and i appreciate that so i think that's uh it kind of makes sense with some of these picks. that's why i always ask people to get kind of an idea so and then the movie i'm watching now for my next one that i watch all the time over and over again is seven seven okay yeah you didn't like the eight millimeter though right no hell no come on (laughs) Yeah, Seven's like me either. the I, best movie like made like just production wise is so crazy like the like the thought behind all of it and how yeah i don't know it's so well done it really is that is a great film that's a, that's what inspired so many different other films of course and after that's, it I like like eight millimeter i think like, i think saw was inspired again. by it right of like, course which, yeah, yeah yeah which now he has an in gigantic career james wan Mm-hmm. And uh, because of that, and I, you know, but yeah, I mean, I don't really like Saw or whatever, like, but like that's awesome that they did that and like came up with something really smart and easy for the like not easy, but you know, something for that they could do and figure out how to get it made. I mean, it's incredible. And then they right. made like a whole franchise out of that. Like, hats off to them or those guys because that's <laughs> that's the whole thing is like you know, I, there'll be movies. Uh, I was just talking to somebody about, um, was it uh, tiny furniture where it's like, I just finally saw that the other day. I'd never seen it before. And it, you know, it was fine. Like, um, what was it? Lena Dunham. Uh, oh, yeah. her film. It, it's fine. Whatever. It's not like the best thing I've ever seen in my life, but like, it's got cool stuff and it, cool ideas, whatever. But the main thing is no matter what she figured out how to make a movie, you know, she put her like family in it and they just shot it and it's interesting. And it's something, you know, some kind of perspective that you hadn't seen. Um, so yeah, Push that's the, the name of the game is making, making something, figuring out how to do it. You know, was well, there any advice you could give to somebody who's, uh, looking to try to make a movie of their own? 
Yeah, I just I had probably the best leg up. I would say went to school, went to went to AFI, went to you know prestigious school, did really well there. Uh, came out of there with my short film, won a Student Academy Award, all this shit. And then I was writing, I was like writing my own stuff, all this whatever. And I, and it felt like at the time, like I was on the track. I was like, oh okay, I'm like getting all these meetings, I got an agent, blah blah blah, all this bullshit. And like none of that happened. No, nothing happened from there, you know. Like not that nothing happened. I mean, it was a it was a good like life experience. I wrote, you know, I like I said that one thing got shelved, so I got paid to write a script for a while. So that was good. But, you know, the big lesson out of that for me was like and why we went and finally just made low life was there's nobody sitting there ever with a bag of money waiting for you to like (laughs) come collect it to make their to make the movie, you know, and it's like however you have to do it, whatever you have to do to make the movie like it ain't going to get any easier. So you might as well just start figuring out how to do it. And it was like low life. We specifically you know, we came at it from a sense of like, okay, we like these type of stories. We like crime films. We like that kind of stuff. And we have little characters and stuff like that or whatever. But it was like, like I said before, it was like, if we have to, we'll shoot short films and we'll make an anthology, you know? And I know like with horror stuff, a lot of people do uh, anthology horror films or whatever. That's awesome. Cause they're actually going out and making something, you know, or make a short that hopefully will lead to it, but don't do that. Don't make a short to lead to the feature. Just make the feature and figure out and write to it. Cause that's the one thing you have is like the creativity to figure out the problem, figure your way around whatever problem. So it was like, you know, we initially, um, we had this whole like big, long, crazy ass. We had a bigger finale, like a bigger set piece or whatever. written because we thought we were going to be able to get this like desert compound that everything was going to like lead to and it was ridiculous (laughs) and then we didn't get that so then we wrote it rewrote it and lost a character that was going to be you know that thing and we kind of collapsed characters into teddy that was like there was a different guy who was doing the organ harvesting stuff and teddy was like the the pimp thing or whatever but then when we collapsed it in there and made it tighter and better anyways because it was like oh my god this is so gnarly that all these characters are like floating around this one dude who does all this really heinous shit you know so it's that kind of thing it was just like so there was a lackey for the the organ dealer huh yep yep so it was like having like the the ability and like being ready to just like you know, like you said before, like, these are your babies. It's like, kill your darlings kind of thing. Whatever you have to do to make the movie, because the movie that you get made is worth a million times more than, like, this perfect movie that's in your mind that no one else will see or give a shit about, you know? So stick to your guns, do what you got to do. Like, whatever you have to do. Like, like there are, are millions of cases of people that just go and, like, you know, like Christopher Nolan made following that movie where it's like, he just shot it. He figured out, okay... This is how I can do it. I'll, I'll go and get film on those like re, you know reeling uh, eight mil, or sixty millimeter cameras or whatever, like little wind up cameras. It's like I'll get a roll of film that's whatever three minutes long, four minutes long, and that'll be a take, and then that's what I'll shoot, and then I'll piece that together. You know, it's like, and then he wrote a story around that. So it's like figuring out what your limitations are, and then not like stopping with that, where it's like, well, this sucks. It's like. Especially now, people are making shit on phones and shit. Like, it doesn't really matter as long as, you know, I, th- I feel like as long as you make it part of a thing I heard a while ago that was definitely like the best advice I heard and what we always use for this was make the budget your aesthetic. So it's like we had no money. So we wanted to make a super gnarly, you know, low down, crazy ass street movie. And it's like, here we are, you know, so it's 
just figuring out how to how to your best use your resources. And also, uh, obviously, it seems like make good friends, you know, that are talented yeah. and pay attention to them and work together and learn to, well, to let your ego that, go. Yeah, man, that's life, though. Right? Like, yeah, you, no. You don't yeah. play play well with others, you're kind of in trouble, anyways. <laughs> I mean, especially making movies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're not writing a book unfortunately you can't just go sit in a fucking room and write a book by yourself you know it's like this is and we're not george gotta, lucas and even george lucas tried to rewrite his own up. shit so <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean have you seen the prequels you yeah. know like he he had everything <laughs> so, it's like you're you not know. the same george lucas that wrote those george lucas movies by the way yep <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Like you, I, I wrote it out of like infatuation and fandom. Like immediately, I was oh, like, awesome. literally Thanks, within dude. five minutes of me watching the movie and pacing for a little bit of time, I wrote that to you, <laughs> and you wrote me back. Like I think it was like like within that night. So I was like super ecstatic about it. So really appreciate you taking the time to to sit with us and talk to our our fans and our friends. So thank you so much for coming by. Is there anywhere no, that you, you want to plug by the way or Yeah, I mean just like the low life account. I think people could usually like find out where stuff's at from there. <clears throat> yeah, guys, we'll put a low life uh the Twitter It's just low life the movie. Yeah. On uh, so that you can follow it, you should definitely follow it. And if you haven't already, please watch the fucking film. It's fucking amazing, and you will appreciate it. If you like what I like, you're gonna like it. So just trust me on this. But uh, thanks again, Ryan, and uh, we will talk to you soon, man. All right, thanks, dude. Alright guys, we're back from the interview. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I want to give a big thanks to Ryan for coming on this show. It was a it was an extreme pleasure to have you on, man. Cool motherfucker. I swear to God, like cool motherfucker. I look forward to what you got going on, man, and I bet you uh I think a lot of people once they see this movie are gonna be looking forward to it too. So Yeah. I am. But uh, thanks again. And guys, we're not done. We're going to be actually talking about our thoughts on the movie right now. And we're going to go ahead and let uh, Brittany kick off some of it since she wasn't a part of the interview. I know. I know. I'm sorry, Brittany. I don't get to do anything fun. <laughs> you got to come over during <laughs> the can't. day. I know. Just quit your job, dude. Let's do this. I tried. We got we to gotta go in balls deep on this show. All, all right. right. Going balls deep. It's <laughs> the only way to go. Anyway. So, Low Life, which was released in 2017, but didn't get to us until 2018, was directed by Ryan Prowse. Oh, no shit. What? I, I oh, heard that guy's pretty cool. Me too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, he talked a lot about some other stuff that he's done, so you guys are pretty well versed in the arts of Ryan at this point. <laughs> um, there are several writers attached to this film. Again, I'm sure you guys are... Pretty... We didn't go over everything, all oh, their names. Didn't. Okay, so... so there was uh, Tim Cairo, Jake Gibson, Shay Ogbonna, mm -hmm. Ryan Prowse, again, and Maxwell Michael Towson. This movie stars Nikki Michelle, who plays Crystal, who is mostly a TV actress. Um, so I know her from Six Feet Under. Um, she she was, was in that? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. She was in several episodes. Um, she was also in The Shield, and uh, most recently, for the probably the longest period of time, was uh, Lincoln Heights. Okay. She was also in that Jerry Springer movie called Ringmaster. What? Yeah. I didn't even know they made a Jerry Springer movie. <laughs> yeah, they did. I'm it was so like, sad I missed well, that. <laughs> his shit was like huge back in the day. It still is. Yeah. Well, I, oh, he's still going. I don't even watch regular TV anymore, I think to be he's honest. still going. So it's got... not the same since Steve retired. 
Oh, yeah. Steve. She's also got a new movie coming out called uh, Lazarus. Yes. I'm kind of curious about. It's in post-production, I think, right now. Might be, yeah. Uh, it also stars Mark Burnham, who plays Teddy Bear Haynes. He was in the movie Wrong and also Wrong Cops by Quentin Dupu- Dupuy. Uh, he was also in the movie Reality, Hidden in the Woods, and a new movie coming up called Altered Perception. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I was I was agreeing with you, I guess, on that. Yes, you're right. <laughs> it's, I'm telling you. You're off today. You fucking poisoned me. <laughs> like, I am poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> This also stars John Oswald, who played Randy, a.k.a. Swastika Face, <laughs> who was in, uh, again, mostly TV stuff. This was, I think, his first feature film. Yep. Debut. Um, yep. He was in a series called Boomerang Kids, another series called Matahari, mm-hmm. and he was also in one of Ryan's shorts called A Totally Twisted Christmas, a Tom Fondle Christmas special. He did the music in that, too. Did he do music, I'm pretty too? sure he That's did, fantastic. yeah. Yeah, he did. Well, he might have been a part of it. He was like the music director, I think. jack of all trades. Yeah. I am interested. Uh, uh, <laughs> it also stars... Shay Ogbana, who plays Keith, who is John Oswald's uh, or Randy's friend in the movie. He's uh, as I, he's one of the writers who actually stars in this film as well. And uh, he's also starred, directed and written his own movie called Bizarre Bracket Behavior, uh, which I've not seen, but I'm kind of curious about. Plus a few other uh, TV shows and uh, shorts and things like that mixed in there, too. Uh, we also have Ricardo Adam Zarat who plays El Monstro himself, um, who is also... um, I'm actually really surprised, by the way, that his credits are so little. I know, right? Like, all of these people are really good. They are, but he seems so seasoned to me, so Mm -hmm. I was like, he's going to have a fucking shit ton of IMBD credit. No, he's got like six. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Well, I I mean, this definitely (laughs) might help. And this was, what, one of two... Like Dude, he was films. so good in this he role. He was amazing. Yeah. He's like easily. All I mean, of them really were. I like, loved, honestly. I love John Oswald as Randy because he was right. just, he's a lovable, like funny fucking dweeb. Right. Like he's great. But El Mostro, like how can you not love him? Like I mean, even though he's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. And how many, how many, how many people can you, I mean like that's, well, I don't want to get into what our yeah, thoughts are because. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, so another, some of the other movies he's done is The Disillusion of Pretty Butterflies, which I just like the name of that, so I want to, I want to watch it. Right. Um, Deadly Sins and Callahan. Okay. Which I'm probably saying that wrong as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I had a hell of a time. I try to sound like, I try to not sound like a piece of shit and putting like a Hispanic like accent Corrido. on stuff. Yeah, well Callahan. like, I kept saying, trying to say Mar- uh, Ryan's, uh, first, uh, short film, which was uh, well, oh yeah, uh, Narco Corrido, yeah, and I kept saying it like I was, I don't, I don't want to even, even say, put that one like down. another <laughs> accent that doesn't make any goddamn sense. We'll just exactly. say that white people probably. <laughs> yeah. Also, we got Santana Dempsey who plays Kaylee. Uh, she was in an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. She also plays Felice and Scandal, the TV show, and uh, she's also in an upcoming film called Craze: The Fast Life. So, um, but. Yeah. Brittany. What? Let's hear your thoughts on this movie. All right. Could you tell us your thoughts, Brittany? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the minute I watched the trailer of this movie, I was already intrigued as fuck. Like, I figured I was right. going to like it, but I tried to, anytime I, like, I feel like I'm really going to like something, I try to still go into it with zero expectations because what ends up happening if I'm really stoked for a movie is that I end up not liking it. Okay. Um, Like, what happened with Tragedy Girls? Like, I mean, I like Tragedy Girls, but, like... I wasn't as impressed. 
overall. Okay. And I was so stoked about the trailer. So the trailer for this movie is fantastic. If you guys haven't seen it, you need to watch it now and then proceed to immediately watch the movie. No, fuck that. Skip it and just watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. But if you want to know what you're going to get yourself into for the next 90 minutes, watch the trailer. You will not be disappointed. Trust and believe. Don't fuck around. <laughs> anyway, it is literally nonstop thrill ride start to finish. I had a really good time with this movie. It was savagely hilarious. Right. And downright savage. Yeah. In general. Like, the gore and the violence is on point, but it's not overly violent is what I loved about it. Is there was oh, a lot of... Oh, it's overly perfectly violent. It's, like, it's, <laughs> it's right where it needs to be. Like, right. they hit the sweet spot. Yeah. And they didn't go over the top with anything and just to make it because I feel like when you focus so much on blood and gore and violence that you you it distracts you from the point of the story uh-huh. and it completely takes it away. And I feel like a lot of people use that to mask when they don't have an actual plot. Right. Okay. So they just throw in a bunch of fucking violence and shit and they're just like, whatever, everyone's going to like it because it's like horror movies are super guilty of doing that. Right. And. That is like the bane of my existence. I hate that. <laughs> like it pisses me <laughs> the fuck off. Like, but this one, ha- they somehow managed to find this really good balance between comedy and just downright depravity. Yeah. And you end up getting to this point that everybody is a fucking piece of shit. Like <laughs> we're all assholes. <laughs> like every single one of us, like to our core, like we try to be good people, but we still do s- shitty things to others. Right. Whether it's intentional or not. Right. Yeah. So it's really a great way to follow a, like three different groups of people over this timeline and they tell their stories in different ways, but it all they all come together in the end. And it's, I mean, is it an original concept for a story? Not so much, but... I think so. They did it brilliantly. Yeah, it's different. So to me, there's a lot of, like, give and take. It reminds me a lot of Pulp Fiction, uh, like Reservoir Dogs, like that kind of... um, Raw kind of Raw kind of, like, film. Entertainment value. Yeah, Yeah. raw entertainment and, I mean, and the film style, too, and how they go back and forth in the choppy bits of the story. Like, you kind of come in this part, and then you go back, and then you come from this this view. It's all these different viewpoints of all these different characters. So, and and it was it was cool. It made it more interesting, I feel like, with, yeah. if they would have followed just a straight story. Okay. I really don't see how they could have done this with just a straight story. They have to break it up in the sections that they did. And I like how they titled the sections, because I felt like it was appropriate to the characters. Yeah, okay. So, and I mean, it, it hits, it like, it hits you a couple times, like where it hurts in the feels. You know, it gets you get a you get a good case of the feels <laughs> with this movie. So, and I love that. I like films that still have substance, even though they tell a fucking batshit crazy story. So that was one thing that I really appreciated about this film is I I was completely invested from the minute it started and until the minute it ended. Okay. So nice. I really liked it. Like overall, like great fucking job, dude. Yeah, everyone like, really. Everybody, everybody yeah. was great. And like we, like we were talking about earlier, like the the guy who played El Monstro, like I thought he was a seasoned ass actor that's been doing this for a hundred years. Right. Like, that you just didn't know because he had a mask on. Yeah, like, yeah, he was so good. Everybody was incredible. Right. You know, they all had. They just they did a really great job. Well. I was extremely impressed. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad you liked it. I felt like it was kind of like along your... Oh, it was right up my alley. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because like, you, you get off on those like quirky, kind of like 
irregular movies. Yes, like Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, right, <laughs> one like of my where favorite they, movies. They kind of, and, and this movie really does throw you for a loop. But yes. I mean, you guys already know that I'm a huge fucking fan of this movie. Uh, you know, I'm sure most of you guys know that. <laughs> yeah, and especially since we all know. Alex. I know I've been repeating <laughs> it to you guys to watch it so many times online and in he... person. You probably even heard it in the interview with Ryan. He as, went nuts on me i know the minute after he watched this movie right you went you blew up my fucking phone for like an hour <laughs> well how fucking excited you're like, you gotta watch it right now like right the fuck and i'm like i'm not going to because you're gonna make me watch it because i know we're gonna end up doing this movie like <laughs> i'm gonna hold on because i'm gonna wait until Turn around. yeah i'm like oh, god damn <laughs> it was hilarious though like it was super yeah cute. i mean i even told ryan i was like yeah immediately after i got done watching it within the after me pacing around the house for a little bit like <laughs> i seriously was i was like Running oh my god and, and christina inside. was like doing the same thing i do that too and i was just like oh wow this this really has something you know like it really you know you get that body buzz when you watch a movie and you're yeah. just like wow that's so good I like, like when i get the goose pimples from a movie and right. I got goose pimples but after you know you know the i'm going to be telling you and if it, that's not enough convincing for you to actually watch it then here's my little piece that i put together about it now the movie is super dark super funny much like real life can be yes in a lot of ways sad but funny in a way uh, you kind of have to laugh because shit sucks everywhere. Yes. Um, but it spits in the face of the typical tropes in movies to be its own sort of thing. And you don't need to be a famous person to be a hero either. You know, you don't need to be a typically bad guy to be a bad guy or a villain in a movie either, like in real life. So uh, the movie, to me, blurs that line of what the so-called tropes tell us they are, which is pretty amazing to me. Like, I like that. Because in real life, it's not as cut and dry as that. You know, the the lines cross. Uh, it's it's a kind of like a crime spree akin, like she said, to Tarantino films. A lot of people are comparing it to Pulp Fiction. In fact, the uh, individual stories all intersect like that. Uh, one over the other and into each other. That's yeah. essentially a, a, a anthology, as Ryan had mentioned. Right. Uh, that interweaves into each other. The characters, the acting in this film are equally balanced and great to me. Like, I perf I really think everybody did the best they could do. Uh, the comedic beats are strong. They even dip into the darker side of hilarity as it unabashedly points its finger at the labels that we, especially people online, and I mentioned this to Ryan, like to categorize people. So we always like to fit people in a box. And I think this movie does a an amazing job because it's, it's relevant in that in that sense mm -hmm. that we're all just fucking low lives. You know what I mean? And it's not afraid about saying that. And I really appreciate that. And I think that it's like it slams you into each and every one of those fun moments with that idea in check and like letting you know. And it's covered in copious amounts of gore. Too God, like I was so actually because like the funny thing is I was I was saying to him I was like you know God man like I didn't realize this was going to be as dark as it was like oh, I, I had some tonal issues in the beginning because I was like fuck like this is some serious shit right oh, here yeah in the in the first like ten minutes yeah that shit threw me through a loop right I was like what the fuck <laughs> like and I don't ever do that yeah and and you know I would say that. The reason this movie is good is because of the writing, but to be honest, the, the, the movie fires 
unifyingly together on all movie making cylinders so it's not just the acting the direction the story the writing the visuals everything kind of works together to make this perfect low life storm uh and if you haven't seen this film guys seriously it's something that you really need to watch and i i'm not gonna i'm just gonna keep telling you till you fucking watch it i'm gonna make a prediction what this is definitely going to be in both mine and your yes. top five 2018 i already know man like like easily there's a few movies and i mean this isn't necessarily horror so so to speak but it's yeah. going in the top oh yeah and i don't give a fuck that's something that i was gonna touch on because the second after we finished it mouse was like i mean that's not a horror movie like at all right like, but it has but elements of it but it does and why it does is because there are um there are moments that are very tense yeah and that you are like a horror movie you yeah, know like sure. where you feel uncomfortable and you're like and they do a great job with the music yeah by the way like they play every cranking it's done by crank and shit that they have in there is spot fucking on for what they're telling in that moment and it really works yeah so i was very appreciative of that and so the the tone that they carry with the music throughout the entire film is just perfect um that helps to lean it a little bit towards the more towards the horror genre is the fact that it does create a tenseness and it does there are moments that'll make you jump and freak you out that you didn't expect to happen not necessarily in a typical horror way but just in a suspenseful way it is suspenseful um but yeah well it's got a little bit of everything is on fucking par yeah and a lot of action fucking movies are not going to go to that level to touch that kind of gore yeah. Because that is strictly horror based. So, I mean, that is, I, I want him to fucking do something horror because he's going to nail it. Yeah. And no. he needs to bring back all the fucking makeup people that worked on this movie because they are amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely. Every one of them. And in the interview, as I told you a little bit about, you know, he is trying to work on one. Um, yeah, which, but, do it. Yeah. Please. Well, I, I hope that it comes out because I think this is like the perfect time. Yes. I think they need to ride the wave a little bit and uh, get it out there, you yeah. know. Fucking do it, dude. But, you know, you're going to nail it. <laughs> some people have their opinions about whether or not something's going to be good or not. And we haven't seen it yet. So maybe they're, you know, who knows? You know, we all come back and we're like, that was terrible, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Why did you do that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure it's not going to be. So it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, no. I, I don't know. I have my lady boner was so hard for the fucking gore in this movie. Like, I can't I can't even. Well, get I just to that. everything, just... man. Like, it's just everything about the movie. I really liked. It's great. It's, it's not your big blockbuster budget fucking movie but it doesn't it, need to be no but it is it is everything that you would find in a cult cinema film yeah doing things that are like the mainstream but better than the mainstream in a lot of ways exactly because it mirrors real life and some of the people in it yeah they're caricatures of people in real life but it it sh- I just like how unifying it is. Like it really is. Like it shows that we're all pieces of shit. Like you said, absolutely. So and I really like that. I mean, I know that he had said that it wasn't necessarily their ultimate goal, but in a way, I guess that's just a piece of everyone that was a part of this, and that's how they felt about it. And I don't know. Like you know, it, it, life is shit. People are shit, and we try to make the best of it and do what we can. Yeah. yeah, we do what we can with shit. Right. Make a turd sandwich into a birthday cake. <laughs> or a movie. Or a movie. <laughs> we do whatever the fuck we can. I just love that, yeah. But like nine times out of ten, I prefer movies like this over major blockbuster hits. Right. Because there's more fucking heart in a movie like this. Right. Then there is in a block. I feel like the like big blockbuster films, they're just, I don't know. 
They don't have anything special. Well, no, sometimes they them. do. Sometimes they do. There, there's a there's a rare exception, like The Shape of Water. And I haven't even seen it yet. Other films, like uh, kind of along that um, wave, I guess. Like I almost said Pan's Labyrinth, but Pan's Labyrinth was more of an underground film right. when it came out. It wasn't a big feature film. I think I would rather watch uh, The Shape of Fishstick. The Shape of Fishstick. The, the porno parody. I would rather... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the Shape of... <laughs> Cod? <laughs> cock? Cock. Yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. Something. Bad but joke. Cockfish. <laughs> there it is. Um, but I mean, I just that's just how I I feel personally. Like I'm not a big I, I also hate going to the movie theaters, so if I don't have to go to a fucking theater to see a film that I want to see, like you've sold me already. Right. Like I'm in. You know, if I can sit at home and watch it and pay 5 bucks to rent it, like I'm down. I I, I like but, movies that make me feel something. Exactly. Uh, and I I don't get that a lot of the times. Yeah. Like me I feel like I like people who aren't super well-known actors and actresses and I yeah, I like this. I like seeing new talent and new people and undiscovered people. Essentially, he did have some big people in this movie that he landed. Which sure, was yeah, really yeah, great. No, but they're 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 more of like the 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 B list in a way, right? That have a lot of talent. Oh yeah, and I mean every way. Like, whoever picked these people knew what the fuck they were looking for. Yeah, their for. casting person was right. On. Like yeah. did a great job because everybody is perfect. I'm sure it was just every one of them. <laughs> A lot. He said a lot of those people were his friends. You know, yeah. that worked on the well, movie. He's worked so with, what's John? before oh uh, yeah john one oswald of, one of yeah. the first movies he ever did was with him yeah actually i think it was the first short he short did. yeah maybe they um, all went to school together so you got a good vibe of what their their abilities were and what they their ranges know. and everybody yeah. like when you're starting out and you're doing like movies and stuff you like you just want to make shit so you exactly. just do whatever the fuck you can and then you know we were talking about you know when you go to school the biggest thing that you're going to pull out of there is not just the knowledge but more so the people that you meet right because you know the eye for talent when you see it, and like you know who's going to be passionate. Like-minded individuals, right? Yeah. So that everything worked yeah. with this movie. So I mean, I, anyone... I don't want to pick favorite characters either, but oh, I have one. I, I, I yeah. have one. <laughs> like I, everybody has their sh- their moment, though. Well, I mean, I have two, but I have one that I I I loved more in a way, and I feel like because he was the surprise white horse in the end right because he comes in like a piece of shit dark horse from like right away and you're just like what the fuck is this guy (laughs) why is this happening (laughs) you know but it's really funny his whole story is really cute and then there's this moment between him and and kaylee which is great oh yeah there's so oh my god it's so fucking funny um well it's in the trailer it is in the trailer and i i still it was just as good the second Fucking I saw Nazi? it. Fucking Nazi? Yeah. Not cool, man. Not cool, man. You don't know my struggle. <laughs> no, he's like, not cool, call me a Nazi. <laughs> not cool, ma'am. You know, you don't know my struggle. You don't know my struggle. <laughs> uh. And it's like, I love the fact that like, when he speaks Spanish. Oh, he's, he's like, like really good at it. He's too, like really yeah. good at it. But I, I saw that they had like voice people and I'm like, it wasn't really him speaking. Was like, it? I, Are you I sure? I don't know. It I might, think it was. I feel like it might not have been. Like I thought it was like legit, but then I saw that they had like extra like voice people and I was like, oh, maybe it wasn't him. May I don't think so. I don't know. Either way, I if it was did. actually him, like good on you because i was like that white boy speaks really great spanish <laughs> like, <laughs> that is impressive you speak to me as an equal it was so cute like yeah. i don't know i love that and i love their dynamic together i think el monstro and he, he's and... better than i am that's for sure oh god and yeah <laughs> i am terrible yeah but i don't know like they he was definitely a under the radar kind of like k 
came to be this cool. But at the same time, he's still kind of an asshole. <laughs> right. Everybody that's cool is still kind of a dick at the end, which is like... It, well, it, 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 every character wavers on good and bad. Absolutely. It's like, it's like it, really, each of the characters are both good yeah. and bad, equal parts. There All of them. Like, no, every single one of them. No character, no interaction with any person in this entire movie. Well, maybe the victims. No. Like, on some of the victims. Maybe the cops at the end. <laughs> no, I mean, some <laughs> but, of the some of the people that oh, got... Yeah. Yeah, the the people in the beginning. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but okay. I'm just saying some of the main characters they all ride that line. Yeah, and, they I, and that's the do. beauty of it because I don't know. It's like I, I think if we all just realized that we're all good and bad, uh, we would be a lot better than just trying to put each other into oh these are good people, these well, are bad people. Because if you really dug deep enough, yeah. you'd find a layer of shit in there that made us a good person, and vice versa. And the biggest takeaway that I feel like I got from this like theme overall is that, and it's completely true, is that every single person is going to do what will benefit them the best. Right. They're overall, out for themselves. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. Everybody is selfish. Yeah, but they also become unselfish by the end in a way too. So, I mean. In a way. I don't want to ruin. Ru- ru- we're, we're saying too much. You guys just need to watch the fucking movie. Some do, but some don't. Fair enough. Well, I think we've we probably Bad talked choice. it to death now at this point. It's beating a dead horse. I, I really, really enjoy the film. And and guys, don't be surprised okay. if this is in my top five for the end of the year. I'm legit sad we're not discussing favorite scenes and stuff because this movie was awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, like literally. I have so many. Like the only other movie that I can like even try to compare it to, and I think this does it just a bit better, is Mom and Dad, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I don't think Mom and Dad has as much heart as this movie does in a lot of ways like it's just a lot of fun and it made me laugh really hard um but i think this one so far is one of my i told him i was like you know i got three movies this year that i really enjoyed and one of them's probably a horror movie and the other two aren't um but you know i gotta you gotta write these down as we see them because i know we're we gotta like build that shit we need a big bulletin board like last year yeah (laughs) that was helpful it does help. Yeah, I mean, because we're gonna lose track. Well, there's, there's a lot so of cool many shit coming out this year. Yeah, especially that one that you showed me the trailer for. Guys, what did you think? Have you seen this movie? Are you going to watch this movie? Are you going to heed our fandom and listen and t- and just go watch it? Fucking do it. Um, I rented it. It's on like all of your digital pro- platforms. There are a few theaters. I'm not sure if they're still running the it, movie. It's at but Film Bar, or it came to Film on Bar. On the 20th. It's going to be at Film Bar. Yeah. I think it was on the 20th or something. Yeah, it I was just remember. at Film Bar. Recently. So if you get a chance and you can see it in the theater, go there. Uh, You can also rent it on a digital platforms, any of the distribution channels that you'd find, like iTunes, fucking Microsoft, and like Sony and all that other shit. I rented it on Amazon Prime for five bucks. So, or just on Amazon for five bucks. Like, it's it's completely fucking worth it. Do they have a DVD? Like, it's coming out in the summer. Brittany didn't get to hear the interview yet because we're doing this pretty close to one another. Uh, But, um, yeah, you guys, it's coming out in the summer on Blu-ray. Highly recommend renting it and then buying it. Are they going to so, just a DVD because I don't do Blu-ray? He said it was going to be at Screen Factory or Shout Factory. One of the two. I think this could go into the Screen Factory because I've seen other side stories or, you know, as long as it's gory, they like are pretty cool just about it. Just give me a DVD. I don't want a, I don't want a Blu-ray. <laughs> right. I don't Blu-ray, so that's why I just, I don't. So I want a DVD. <laughs> 
Also, guys, remember, we are doing a giveaway for a $20 or $25 gift card. Whatever we can get online, it'll be one of the two. Uh, But basically, all you have to do is sign up to our VIP club. I think we need like between three and five more people to sign up. So any of you who are listening now... If you sign up for our thing, we'll do a giveaway for a $20 or $25 digital gift card to Amazon that you can spend on a movie or whatever the hell you want. Get yourself yeah. a dildo, whatever you want. Do it. It's on us. It's on us. <laughs> Just slap a BTV sticker on there and you're good to go. If you buy a dildo, you better tell us. <laughs> Me specifically, because I want to know. I want a picture of it with you with thumbs up next to it. But guys, free money. Do you want it? Sign up. That's all you got to do. And don't be slick, because if you add us to your spam folder, you automatically get removed, so you're not going to win it. For those of you who (laughs) listen and support every week, thank you guys. We really appreciate it. For those of you who are looking for a way to do it, share this with your friends. We appreciate you all, guys. Thank you guys so much for coming by, and as always, stay weird, monsters. Monsters.